today. Good, good to see everyone, bright and shiny faces. I want to welcome everybody tuning in with us this morning online. Uh, we, we're grateful for you. We wish you were here in person, uh, but we're so glad you're, you, you've joined in, you've tuned in with us. If it's your first time here, you're, you're new around Elevate Ministries, we want to welcome you. We're glad that you're part of the family, and uh, we look forward to getting to know you guys in a, in a, in a greater way. Do want to kind of let you know, if you're new around here or have never been to what's called a launch pad luncheon, uh, we are having one on August 29th. After our 10 o'clock service across the street in our vault location, we're going to have a launch pad luncheon. It's where you'll, you'll meet our staff, get to know a little bit about our church and, and different ways that you can get involved. We would love for you, if you've never been to a launch pad luncheon and you're new around here, we would love for you to join us on that. That's going to be on August the 29th. Do us a favor. If that's something you're planning to attend, go ahead and go on the, the Elevate Ministries app. There is a little registration for that. That way we know a head count of, of how, what to have ready and be able to, to get everything together for that uh, particular day. So we're excited about that. Um, also want to let everyone know that starting up in the fall, uh, beginning in September, is our e-groups. At Elevate Ministries, we have small groups that gather in the spring and then once again in, in, in the fall. So in spring, March, April, and May, we have small group gatherings happening all over the, all over the county. And then, and then again in the fall, uh, September, October, and November, we have those e-groups that are, that are happening all over the county. And so we're going to be launching those in September. We'll be talking more about that as it, as it, get, as it gets closer. But I do want to kind of put that bug in your ear so that you can prepare now to be a part of an e-group and get in community. How many know community is important? Amen. We need, it's great to be a part of the church lar at large, but it's also great to have relationships, people that we can go to in times of crisis. And, uh, and an e-group is a great way to develop those relationships. Amen. Also, last thing before we release our kids. On the 29th, we're having water play day, all right? So we've got all kinds of like slides and water stuff for our kids. So on the 29th, that's two weeks from today, uh, make sure your kids come in clothes that they can get wet in. Like they need to be in their board shorts, bathing suits, whatever the case may be. So that's for our Orange Grove kids. You guys are gonna have water play on the 29th. It's gonna be fantastic, uh, a great time. And just wanna let you guys know to be prepared for that. And some of the adults are like, uh, I'm gonna be in the kids ministry on the 29th. Uh, instead of in service, but praise the Lord. We're going to release our children to their Sunday school classrooms. Uh, we want to we want to we want to bless them. They're in good hands because I saw Hannah wearing an E Kids shirt, and, and if she's there, forget about it. It's going to be crazy. So so it's going to they're going to have a great time learning about the Lord. And uh, praise the Lord. If, you're, if you've brought an offering or a tithe uh, to give this morning, there are envelopes on the back of the chairs. If you're writing a check or cash, you can put it in one of those envelopes. And then on the way out, drop it in the giving boxes at each exit. If you want to give electronically, you can scan that. It'll take you to a secure way that you can give uh, safely and securely electronically. And I do want to encourage you, to, if, you, if you've not learned to give yet, learn quickly because God gives seed to the sower. That's, that's how, Those who give, he gives back to. And so if you can learn the principle of giving, you'll be blessed. That's just the way it is. And so we encourage giving. Uh, not only does it, it, does it allow us to do what God's called us to do as a church, but it also, it also strengthens you. It also allows you to do what God wants to do in your life, and so I'm encouraging you to give. Amen. We're going to get into the message this morning. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 2 Chronicles chapter number 32, and today what I want to do is I want to put a message of faith in you. Every time you come to the 
house of the Lord, we want to put courage on the inside of you. That's what, that's what encouragement is. It's putting courage in something. And so we want to put courage inside of you. We want to give you a little bit of, of faith today because we know that what's going on in the world is as COVID uh, rages on and the Delta variant is, is going wild. We're grateful today that we serve the Alpha and the Omega. The Delta doesn't have the impact on us. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, so what, no matter what we're facing in life, and I know there's a lot of different things going on. I, t- I talked to Jacqueline as I was stating earlier, and she just started school and there's challenges there. There's a battle there. And maybe you're facing a battle at your work or maybe you're facing a battle in your family. Some of us may be fighting for our marriage or fighting for a relationship that's been stolen. stolen. No, matter, no matter what you're facing right now, God's word is the blueprint. I said, God's word is, is the blueprint. And so I want to draw, draw from a story in 2 Chronicles chapter 32 uh, about King Hezekiah and a battle that he had to face. And in the battle, Hezekiah, this king, was able to stand strong. And that's what we want for each and every one of you. In the battle that you're facing right now or down the line, any battle that's coming your way, we want you to stand strong. And you can stand strong in a battle. Can somebody say amen? We, we, can, we can face a crisis with boldness. How many believe that? We can, we, can st- we, can, we can face a crisis, any battle that we go up against, with God on our side, we can stand strong in, in the middle of, of, of terrible circumstances. And so some of you right now may be fighting that, that kind of a battle. And you're fighting to stand strong and you're being tormented and oppressed by all different types of things. Maybe your marriage is, is facing tension and stress and, 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 and there's a battle in your marriage. And maybe, maybe for you, you're walking through a separation or you've gone through some sort of divorce and you're, you're trying to stand strong through that. Or maybe you're fighting for restoration and you're trying to stand strong. Uh, I want to encourage you today, you can do it. You can stand strong in crisis. Maybe for you, uh, maybe the battle has to do with a, a financial situation. Maybe for you, the, the crisis is financial and you're, you're trying to figure out how in the world is this all going to come together? How in the world are, are, are we going to make it? Maybe you've lost a source of income. I want to encourage you that even in a battle as, as tough as that, you can stand strong in the middle of that crisis. Maybe, maybe the battle is for your health. Maybe you've been given a diagnosis or maybe you're, you're suffering through some ailments right now. I want, to, I want to put courage in you today. I want, to, I want to give you some faith to help you stand your ground, whatever it is that you're, that you're going through. And I'm sure there's a variety of different things. You can stand your ground. And I love this story in Second Chronicles because so often in life, what happens to us is we feel like we're unsuccessful if we're not crushing goals. So, so maybe for you, 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 you set a certain amount of goals for the year that you wanted to, to go out and you wanted to conquer certain goals. And, and, and sometimes it, we feel, da- we get down on ourselves, down on, uh, on our abilities based on our inability to, for whatever reason, crush a certain goal that we had in mind. Because, because in our minds we think, well, well, if we're not taking ground, if we're not, if we're not taking ground in, in a certain area, then, then we must be failing. But I, but I wanna, I wanna suggest that maybe sometimes the greatest battle we face is not necessarily taking ground. Sometimes the greatest battle we face is just simply standing our ground. 
Like, like when we've done all that we can do to stand, what does the Bible say? Stand, all right? Sometimes the battle is just, is just for you and I to stand our ground. And, and so I wanna, I wanna look at this story in, in 2 Chronicles 32, verse one, about Hezekiah and his ability in the middle of a battle, in the middle of a crisis, he was able to stand his ground. I think we can learn a few things from this story. 2 Chronicles 32, beginning with verse number one, the Bible says that after all Hezekiah had so faithfully done, I just want you to just glance at that statement once again. After everything that Hezekiah had so faithfully done, Sennacherib, now, now just saying that name just, just tells you right off the bat, it's a bad guy. Right, the name itself just sounds like a bad guy, doesn't it? It just sounds like an enemy, Sennacherib. He's the bad guy. He's the king of Assyria. He came and he invaded Judah and he laid siege to the fortified cities thinking that if he conquers them, he'll have them for himself. When Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and that he intended to wage war against Jerusalem. Now I wanna stop right there because what we see is that Sennacherib just kinda shows up on the scene out of nowhere. And so in the story, everything is moving along just fine. Hezekiah is being faithful. He's doing the things that God's asked him to do. He, 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 he's inserting God back into the equation. I mean, he's, he's following after God. And then out of nowhere, for no apparent reason, the enemy just comes in. I think many of us can relate to this. We're just doing the best we can. We're, we're attending church. We're, we're reading God's word. We're, we're following the Bible reading plan. We're praying every day. We're making every effort to do what's right. And even in the middle of that, all of a sudden the enemy comes in. That's how the enemy works, doesn't it? He just kind of shows up out of nowhere. But what I want you to notice is the enemy doesn't attack um, Hezekiah and God's people because they were doing something wrong. Matter of fact, the Bible says that, that after all Hezekiah had faithfully done. And so that tells us that Hezekiah is actually doing what's right. He hasn't done anything deserving of an attack. He's actually, he's actually doing, doing he, he's actually living faithful. So he wasn't doing anything wrong. And I wonder, maybe for you, the reason you're going through what you're going through, the reason you're in the battle that you're in or the great shakeup that's happening in your life, maybe it's not because of something you've done. Maybe it's not because of something in your past, but maybe you're being attacked by the enemy because the enemy knows your potential. Possibly the enemy knows what you're capable of, and so he's, he sees the potential threat to his dark kingdom, and he's coming as an attack to stop you from doing what God's called you to do. Can somebody maybe say amen today? Maybe, maybe Satan is trying to, by attacking you, maybe he's trying to somehow infiltrate and stop the, the momentum of the church. Because he knows if he can stop God's people, if he, can, if he can disrupt the unity of God's people, he can stop what God's trying to do in the world. Perhaps we're in the battle we're in because the devil's threatened. I, re, I really believe God wants to remind you today. He wants to, he wants to, wants to let you know that he, what you're going through is not because God's angry with you or he, he's upset with you, but, but perhaps the devil is threatened. And so as we begin to trust God in a crisis, as we begin to lift our voices in prayer, as we begin to glean from those who've, who've gone through battles like what we're facing before, I believe that God will allow faith to fill us and even in the battle, we can stand strong. Come on, how many wanna stand strong in the face of crisis, amen. 
So I wanna encourage you this morning with some practical things that we can see right here in this story so that you can boldly stand in the face of a battle. And God's word is full of stories just like this one that kind of map out, give us a blueprint of how we attack uh, the, the, the battle head on. And the first thing that we see that, that Hezekiah did against this very sophisticated, very deadly enemy, this guy by the name of Sennacherib and the army that was with him, it's what Hezekiah did in this story, you can do in your life. You can do in your life. The first thing that he does, you see in verse number three, that the Bible says that Hezekiah consulted with his officials and military staff about blocking off the water from the springs outside the city, and the Bible says, and they helped him. The first thing that we can do when we're faced with a battle is ask for help. Come on, some, let, me hear, let me hear some women kind of maybe nudge your husband and say, ask for directions. Come on, nudge him, come on, ask, ask for help, all right? Hezekiah, he's faced against this, this enemy he's never faced before. This, this vast army that has laid siege uh, to God's people, he doesn't know what to do. But here's the thing you gotta remember, he's the king. And so everybody is looking to Hezekiah to basically have the answers. And Hezekiah admits, I don't have the answers. So he gathers people around him, consultants around, people that are wiser, older, more experienced than him. He gathers them around him and consults them. He, he, we can learn from Hezekiah, he wasn't, he wasn't too proud to ask for some help. I think some of us, that's just simply what we need to do once in a while, is we're trying to stand strong in a battle, we're trying to, we're trying to stand firm, and, and we're facing some very difficult times. One of, the, one of the best things that we could do against an enemy that we don't understand is find someone that's been through this battle before and ask for some help. Proverbs 18, the Bible says this, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire, and he actually rages against all wise judgment. If this is true, then we can really see the, the, um, the strategy of the enemy. Because what the, the enemy has tried to do over and over again with different, different ploys and different tactics, what the enemy's trying to do is get us to isolate ourselves. That's what he's trying to do. There's, there's an attack on unity. There's an attack on community. There's an attack on gathering. There's a push away from community and you see it happening in the world in which we live. We see it so many different ways that the enemy is trying to indoctrinate us and indoctrinate our children's to push away from relationships that somehow those are bad. So we can see it, he uses it with, with, with just stupid devices. We can go to a restaurant and people are unable even just to have, a commun have, have, have communication one with another because they're too busy looking at their phone. You see it around in, in, in homes where the, the devices are everywhere and they're stopping actual communication from happening. This is, this is a tactic of the enemy to, to, to try to get us to, to, to push away from relationship. We can see he's used not only that, but he's used politics and tries to draw a line of separation amongst people that love each other. People that, that, that have things in common are separated over, over areas of politics or, or race relations. We can see the enemy using uh, ideas Ideas of race to try to separate people one from another and, and and we can also see the enemy using a global pandemic to try to get us afraid to actually get together in community and I want to tell you something it's all an attack from the enemy to isolate us because isolation is not good for us amen and so Hezekiah shows us what we need to do is we need to ask for help you know in the in the different battles that that our family has gone through in the different battles that we've had to face 
I, we've had to work through some, just like you, we've had to work through some pretty intense battles. And I've, I've realized, going through some of those things, I've realized the strength that I needed, I could get from others to help me through. I realized that there was strength from friends that God had surrounded me with that, would, that, would, that there was strength that they could give me to help me get through the situation I was, I was in. I've needed at different times in my life to lean on wisdom. I've needed to lean on experience that was inside of other people to help me with what I was facing currently. And so one of the ways that you can boldly stand strong is just to ask for some help when you need it. Come on, if you don't know what to do in your marriage right now, just come on, ask for help. Ask for help when you need it. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4, you, you know the scripture, two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. If one of them falls, one can help the other up, but pity the fool who falls and has no one to help them up. Listen, you don't have to fight alone, amen. Come on, turn your neighbor, you don't have to fight alone. You don't have to battle alone. You don't have to walk through what you're walking through alone, amen. That's why at our church, what we value and our response is together, together. We say it all the time, we're together, together. What does that mean? We, that means that God's brought us together on purpose. He's given us a purpose he's, and he's brought us together in person. So we have, we've been given purpose and we do it together, together. We do it, we do it in, in the context of relationship. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Maybe you're, maybe you're here today, and as I'm talking about this, you're thinking, well, yeah, I'm in a battle right now. I'm going through a hard time, and I don't really know who I can talk to. Like, you know, I, there's a lot of people, obviously, that God's placed in the church, but who do I go to that can help me in the battle I'm, I'm currently facing? I wanna, I wanna tell you to be careful because not everyone can help you. There's certain voices that aren't a help when you're in a battle, all right? There's certain voices. So what you need to look for is people that have some faith. Come on, if you've got people that have some faith, if you're going through a battle, chances are you're gonna come from a negative perspective. And there's a lot of people that you can talk to about your problems and they'll tell you, man, those are really bad problems and they'll take you even further down into the hole. You know what I'm talking about? But God also places around us people of faith that we can begin to talk about what we're currently facing and we have God, God's placed optimistic, full of faith people that can look at your situation and speak faith into it that can get you to the other side, amen? But, but we're not just looking for people of faith. I think there's another characteristic we're looking for. We're looking for people with some fruit. So, so we, want, we want optimistic people speaking into our lives, but Don't look for someone that's down in the dumps, that's struggling with their marriage. That, but here's the fruit. We went through that battle together, and today we're standing strong. Come on, we want faith and fruit. Somebody shout amen. Amen. So, so Nehemiah, I mean, excuse me, Hezekiah, in our story, the first thing that he does when faced with this crisis is he asks for help. The second thing that he does is in verse 5. The Bible says, then he worked hard repairing all the broken sections of the wall, building towers on it. He built another wall outside that one and reinforced the terraces of the city of David. And, and he also made large numbers of weapons and shields, all right? And so when we're reading the story, Hezekiah, not only does he ask for help, but the second thing that he does is he made some repairs. He fixed some stuff. Somebody say, fix some stuff. 
He fixed some stuff. The second thing that we learn from Hezekiah in the, in the face of a crisis, in the middle of the battle, the second thing Hezekiah does is he, he, he made some repairs. He went to the different broken areas of the walls and he, he began to fix those. He, the Bible says that he made some weapons. What, what was he doing? He was building up his defenses. He made it much needed repairs all around the city. And I think we can learn from that because in times of crisis, we've gotta do the exact same thing. When the enemy is surrounding us, what the enemy is looking for is a place that he can get a foothold. And so where is he gonna place his foot? He's gonna place his foot in the weak areas of our lives. That's how he infiltrates our life, is by, by going to the broken areas that are, that are inside of us, and all of us have those areas. Every person in here, there are areas in the soul realm, in, in the deep parts of who we are, there are areas that, that, that we have been broken. There's areas of brokenness, and when we're faced with a crisis and we're in the middle of a battle, what we have to do is we have to go to those areas because that's the weak link. That's where Satan wants to get a foothold, and we've gotta make reinforcements in those broken areas of who we are. Are you with me today? I'm talking about areas in the soul, the emotional part of us. It's, it's where we know that God is our healer and he can put us back together again. Do you know what I'm talking about today? It's where, it's where we come to the healer and he restores our soul. It's where we, we reinforce maybe some of the areas that no one sees. I'm talking about the broken areas that you don't show anybody when you show up to church. The, the areas you paint over. The areas you sweep under the rug, right? That you pretend that don't exist. Those are the, the structural, foundational areas of our lives. We gotta pay attention to those areas because that's where Satan wants to get in and do some real damage. That's what I love about King David. He wrote in, in Psalm 139, he says this, he says, search me, God, know my heart. Test me, he says, and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any offensive way in me and then lead me in the way everlasting. You see, something inside of David, he's, he recognized how important it was for him to reinforce those areas in his life, and he had them. We know he had them. Those areas in his life that no one sees. It's the closet nobody opens. It's the stuff nobody wants to talk about. It's the areas that you can cover up, that you can hide with a smile, that you can turn lights off on it, no one will ever really notice. We've gotta ask the Lord, instead of closing the door on those areas, we've gotta ask the Lord to search us, to bring those areas to the surface so we can work on those broken things so that they can be strengthened in the middle of the battle. Here's the thing, it's okay to be broken. It's okay to be broken, it's okay. Every one of us have areas in our, of our lives of, of, of brokenness. Here's the, here's the truth though, it doesn't have to stay that way. We come to the Lord broken, every single one of us, we, we come to the Lord broken, but we don't have to stay that way. Jesus is our healer and he wants to heal even those places no one knows about. Even those places we don't ever wanna go, God wants to heal those areas and now's the time to deal with them. Come on, now's the time to deal with them, amen. That's what the enemy uses to infiltrate our lives, and so we've gotta repair those broken things. I love King Hezekiah because he, he, he gets serious about repairing those broke areas of the, that were broken on the walls so that the enemy couldn't get access. So what did he do? He asked for help, he made some repairs. The third thing that he does, which is I love to, I love to talk about this, is, is Hezekiah was able to speak faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, speak faith. 
See, in the climate that we're living in, it's becoming harder and harder to speak faith. And the reason is, is because the narrative of the world is so loud all the time. It's so, it's just constant. It's being broadcast from all sides. It's being broadcast on the TV. It's being broadcast on our social media feeds. It's being broadcast by our friends. It's being broadcast by our coworkers and our family members. All this fake news, drama, heightened sense of oppression, it's just constantly filling our minds. How many know what I'm talking about? And so what it's, it's gonna take is someone that's full of the Spirit of God and someone that is faith-filled to speak faith in the middle of a narrative that's full of fear. Are you with me today? And this is what I love about King Hezekiah because that's what he did. In the, while, while, the, while the city is surrounded by a vast army, the Bible says in verse six that he appointed military officers over the people and he assembled them before him in the square of the city. In other words, he got them all together like we did the teachers up on the stage this morning. And, and what did Hezekiah do? The Bible says he encouraged them. What, what, what was he doing? He was putting courage inside of them. He encouraged them with these words and what did he say? He said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Syria and the vast army that's with him for there is a greater power with us than with him. This is what Hezekiah does. He says, he says I, I love this about this story because he has a revelation right here. He has a revelation that if God is for us, who can be against us? This, this is what he's seeing right there. He says, there's more with us than is with them. And so what I love about Hezekiah is he, he actually points out the problem. He doesn't act like the problem isn't there. He doesn't act like there's, you know, there's no issue at all. He says, hey, there is a vast army and the, the army has surrounded us. Let's recognize what's, what's going on here. Yes, there is a problem, but, but here, we don't need to be afraid because greater is he that's with us than he that's with them. What is he doing? He's speaking faith. The Bible says in verse eight, Hezekiah continued. He says, with Sennacherib is only the flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people, look what happened. They gained confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah said. And so I wanna tell you today, your words matter. Come on, somebody shout amen today. Your words matter. They matter. What you speak, what's coming out of your mouth, it makes a difference. Mm, come on, it makes a difference. And so I don't care what your family's saying, what your friends are saying, what your coworkers are saying, what, what everyone else is saying, your words matter. We don't repeat what everyone else is saying, we speak faith, we speak the word of God. And so I gotta, I gotta ask you a question, what are you saying? What are you speaking? Husbands, fathers, what you say matters. What you're speaking over your family, your wife and your kids are looking to you to speak a confession of hope. I don't care what the, the battle is raging, it's raging against them too. They're, they're fighting the battle with you. And so the, 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 the thing is, is to go silent. A lot of us, we just wanna go silent, kinda of pretend like it doesn't exist. No, no, your words matter. In the middle of a battle, your family is looking for some boldness out of you. They're looking for words of faith to come out of you. They're longing to hear you say, as the leader of the family, everything's gonna be okay. God's got our back. We're gonna, we're gonna make it through this. We've been through worse, and God's gonna see us through this too. Come on, they're looking for you as the head of the home to speak faith. To speak faith, Isaiah 55 says, the, my word, God's word, 
that goes from my mouth will not return empty. It will not return void, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Here's the thing about the word of God. When it goes in, when, it, when the word of God gets in your mouth and you speak it out, it leaves your mouth like an arrow. It's a weapon, somebody. It, it leaves your mouth like an arrow and it leaves on assignment. And let me tell you something, when you speak the word of God, it doesn't return void. It's not a blank shot. It, it always accomplishes that for which it was sent. The word of God is, has a purpose and it always, it always accomplishes the reason it was sent out. And so when you speak the word of God, Come on, when you're speaking, when you say, when the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong, let me tell you something, when you're speaking out in faith, it always accomplishes the reason God said it in the first place. Let the poor say, I am rich. Come on, I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Speak faith. And here's the thing. Sometimes speaking faith means saying the opposite of what we're seeing. Isn't that what faith is? The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight, all right? So sometimes your sight is gonna contradict what God said. How many have seen that to be true? So when what you see doesn't match what God said, go with what, with what God said. Like, go with what God said. When what you're speaking over your family, over your future, over your husband, over your wife, over your what you're speaking, it matters. So regardless of what you're seeing in your current situation, in your current battle, come on, speak faith. King Hezekiah spoke faith. He's, he spoke faith, amen. How do you become a person that speaks faith? Well, the Bible says in Romans, it says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing what? Hearing the word of God, right? And so how do we speak faith? Well, we've gotta hear more of the word of God than everything else. Come on, you gotta, you gotta hear the word of God more than everything else. That's why the Bible, Bible encourages us to meditate on his word. And so here's the thing, if you're meditating on the news and meditating on social media and meditating on what everyone else is saying and how bad it is and, 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 and how inflation is taking all of our money, and you, if you meditate on all that stuff, when your circumstances squeeze you, what's gonna come out is all of that stuff. But when you're meditating on the word of God and you're putting the word of God in you and it's filling your spirit, when you're squeezed by your circumstances, guess what's gonna come out? The word of God is gonna come out. Come on, in order to get faith in you, you've gotta get the word of God in you. Come on, in order to get, the, in order to get faith in you, you've gotta get the word of God in you. Faith has to, has to, is developed by the word of God being placed inside of you, amen. I've walked through, through many battles in my life all of us have battles that we face. I've walked through many, and I can always tell when there's a word gap in my life. And the, and, and the reason I can tell is because when the word of God is, 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 is kind of at a, when it's not really there, I'm filled with fear. I don't know how I'm gonna accomplish. I'm not, I don't know how I'm gonna do it. But, but, but the second I begin to read the word of God, when I begin to understand and see the victorious stories that are all throughout God's word, all of a sudden I, I'm reminded of the bigness of God, I'm reminded of his awesomeness, I'm reminded of his majesty, and then all of a sudden, what was, what was fear inside, all of a sudden that begins to shift a little bit, and I begin to see the possibilities that are out there for me, because what's impossible with man is possible with God, and when you read his word, you understand that. Somebody shout amen. We speak faith, so we ask for help. 
We make some repairs, we speak faith. The fourth thing that I see here is that we, we learn to recognize the voice of the enemy. Recognize the voice of the enemy because just like faith has a language, fear has a language. Fear has a language. In the story that we're, we're talking about today, uh, there, there was a language that was being pushed out there. It was a language of fear and we read about it in verse 15. The Bible says that, it says, it says in, in, in verse 15, now do not let Hezekiah deceive you. Who's talking here? This is Sennacherib, the enemy's talking. And he says, don't let Hezekiah deceive you and mislead you. Don't believe Hezekiah, for no God of any nation or kingdom has ever been able to deliver his people from my hand or from the hand of my predecessors. How much less will your God deliver you from my hand? And look at verse 16. It says that Sennacherib's officers spoke further against the Lord. So he sent out officers uh, to talk to the people and, and against Hezekiah. And the Bible says that he wrote letters. So now he's sending out letters ridiculing the Lord and saying this against him, that the gods of the people have never, never got, those gods have never been able to rescue their people from my hand. And, and the God of Hezekiah is not gonna be able to rescue you either. Verse 18, then the Bible says, now they're calling out in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem who are on the wall to terrify them and make them afraid in order to capture the city. And so look what the enemy's doing. First, the enemy speaks directly to the people. Then the enemy sends out officers to also say the same, send the same message. Then they wrote letters. Come on, they, the, the enemy's pretty, pretty strategic. He's trying to get a narrative into us, right? Now they're writing letters, it's being written, it's written media, and, and then all of a sudden, now they're speaking their language, they're speaking in Hebrew. This is an Assyrian king, and he's speaking to the people in their native tongue. How many of you know Satan knows your language? Your enemy knows how to speak your language. He knows what makes you afraid. Come on, are you hearing me today? He knows what type of lingo to use to get you terrified and frightened. I, I'm telling you, the king of Assyria, he didn't speak Hebrew, but he did that day. He did that day. He used their native tongue. He was speaking them in, their, in Hebrew because he was trying to trigger them. He was trying to terrify them. And that's exactly what our enemy does to us. He's trying to trigger us. He's trying to terrify us. He's trying to put fear in us. And that's why we have to have the word of God in us so that we can discern that it's the voice of the enemy and not the voice of God. Can somebody shout amen today? So every thought that produces anxiety, every thought that produces oppression, every thought that produces depression, every thought that produces condemnation, that's not from God. That's from the enemy. It's from the enemy. And so, and so we've got to learn that the difference between the voice of the enemy and the voice of God. We gotta know what God says so that we can discern the enemy's lies. Come on, are you with me today? God's word over, over your life will only speak one language. It's gonna speak hope. It's gonna speak peace. It's gonna, it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna speak prosperity. It's gonna speak victory. It's gonna speak love. It's gonna, it's gonna speak restoration. And so anything other than, than that, is, it, we gotta rebuke it. We, we've got to turn it away. Look at John 10. The Bible says Jesus is talking. He says, my sheep know the sound of my voice a stranger's voice they will not follow. So what we have to learn to do is listen and discern the difference between the voice of the good shepherd and the voice of the enemy. Because the good shepherd, the Bible says, his voice leads us beside still waters. So grateful for that. 
The voice of the good shepherd causes me to lie down in green pastures. The voice of the good shepherd, the Bible says, restores my soul. The voice of the enemy is trying to get you caught, trying to trap you, trying to place you in bondage, trying to place fear and anxiety and worry. But I wanna tell you something, God is with you. We gotta, we gotta recognize the voice of the enemy so that we can rebuke it. So Hezekiah, in his battle to stand strong, he asked for help. He made some repairs. He spoke faith. He was able to discern the voice of the enemy. And the last thing that I, that I see in this text, which I love so much, in closing with this, is he, he was able to release his cares to God and let God do what he couldn't do. Look at verse 20. The Bible says that King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, circle that in your Bibles, the prophet Isaiah, cried out in prayer to heaven about this. And the Lord sent an angel who annihilated all the fighting men, all the commanders, all the officers in the camp of the Assyrian king. So, so Sennacherib withdrew to his own land in disgrace, and when he came, some of his sons killed him. So the Lord saved Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib and from the hand of all others. He took care of them on every side. Aren't you grateful that that's what God does for us? Many brought offerings to Jerusalem for the Lord and valuable gifts for Hezekiah, the king of Judah. And from then on, he was highly regarded by all the nations. I want you to see what Hezekiah does here because I think it's something that we have to do. Probably one of the most important things that we could do is that, is that there comes a time in the battle where we have to release it to God. We, got, we have to give it to God. And what I love about Hezekiah is that in verse 20, maybe you could put that back up there, the Bible says that King Hezekiah, he, he aligned himself with Isaiah. So who's Isaiah? Isaiah is the prophet. What does a prophet do? A prophet speaks the word of the Lord. And so when Hezekiah was, Hezekiah was praying, he was aligning his prayer with the word of God. Do you see that? He's crying out to God. He's like, God, I can't do this. And then as he's praying, all of a sudden he begins to align his prayer with the word of God. Let me tell you something. When you pray the word of the Lord, when you align your situation and you place it up against the word of God and you cry out to God for help, miracles happen. Miracles happen. The impossible happens. This is exactly what we see in this story. Hezekiah begins to use the word of God. He, he, he begins to align himself with the prophet Isaiah who spoke the word of God. And the Bible says that victory was won, that the angel of God was dispatched to annihilate all of the fighting men. Come on, a, a, a miracle took place as soon as he aligned his prayer with the word of God. I think that's what, something that we, need to, we need to grab a hold of today. You see, the Word of God is a weapon for us. It's a weapon for us. And so when, when what you're facing right now, when what you're seeing isn't matching what, with what God said, what do we do? We, we, we repeat what God said. We speak the words of God, and when we align that prayer, when we use that prayer, say, God, you said, it doesn't look like what I'm seeing, but you said, all of a sudden, God comes down, and he, he works his power in the middle of our circumstances. When you've done all you can do to stand, stand. Come on, 
you stand, you stand, you continue to stand. And I love this story because not only was, was the fighting men annihilated, not only were the officers destroyed and all the, the whole army was destroyed, but the Bible says that even Sennacherib, he, he, he was able to escape some way, but, but when he got home, he, he paid for it. He was, his life was taken and God defeated not only, not only Sennacherib and that army, but the Bible says that he defeated them and all others, all others. That's what God wants to do in your life. And then what I love, the last thing that happens is that because of that great victory, the Bible says from all around, people brought gifts to the Lord. And then they also brought gifts to Hezekiah. And I began to think about that a little bit. And you know, a lot of times when we're in a battle, there's casualties. Come on, anytime you're in a fight, you're gonna take one, right? You're gonna take a hit or two. Every one of us, we're gonna take, when we're in a battle fighting an enemy, it's a strong enemy. Come on, the enemy, the enemy that we face, a tough enemy. And sometimes there's some casualties, we lose some stuff. But what I love is that, that God always brings restoration. He always brings restoration. And, and, and here's the thing, you'll get double for your trouble. He, he overwhelmed blessing upon Hezekiah because he stood strong in the battle. Come on, because he stood, because he was, because he asked for help. Because he made the necessary repairs, because he spoke faith in the middle of a, of, a, of a different narrative, because he was able to discern the voice of the enemy, and because he was able to trust God and align his prayer with, with God's word, God was able to not only defeat the enemy, but he was able to receive blessing on top of that. That's what God wants to do in your life. That's what God wants to do in your life. He wants to bless you. He want, he's giving you this battle because when you defeat the enemy, he's gonna overwhelm you with blessing. He's gonna take you to the next level. I don't know about you, that's where I wanna be. I wanna be in the next level. How many, how many want that for your life, all of this place, if that's you, and say, you know what, I'm in a battle right now, I wanna be victorious, I wanna, I wanna win, I wanna overcome, and I wanna experience blessing. If that's you, come on, stand to your feet right now. Come on, a battle for your family, a battle for finances, a, a, a battle at your job, come on, a battle in your, a, a battle with a relationship. Lord, right now, we thank you, Lord, that you, you, you all Always give us a battle to face because you're trying to take us somewhere. Lord, you're, 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 you give us a test, Lord, so we can pass the test and move on to the next level. And so God, in Jesus' name, help us to stand our ground. Come on, right now, ask that of the Lord. Say, Lord, help me to stand my ground. Help me to stand my ground. Lord, I wanna ask for help. I thank you for the community of believers. Lord, you've placed all around me, Lord. I don't have to fight this battle on my own. Lord, you've given me brothers and sisters, people that have been there before that can help me through it. I thank you for it, Lord. I pray that I wouldn't be proud, too proud to ask for help. Thank you in Jesus' name. Come on, some of you right now, some of you right now, that's a word you need to get for your, your situation. You're in a battle right now and you need help and you're afraid. You don't want anybody to know what you're going through. I'm challenging you right now. God's put people in your life to, that you can draw strength from that can help you in this time. Come on, don't be afraid to ask for help in Jesus' name. Thank you for the body. Thank you for the, for the community of faith, Lord, that we can lean on, that we can rely upon in the these dark times in Jesus name in Jesus name maybe right now some of you you've got some brokenness deep down in your soul and it's holding you back it's it's allowed a foothold for the devil the devil to get in and infiltrate your life and you say you know what I need to make some necessary repairs I need to build up my defenses if that's you come on lift your hand up all over this place I need to make some repairs there's some brokenness and things happened in my past they're still there there's unforgiveness there's bitterness there's resentment there's guilt those things those those areas of brokenness in our 
soul God wants to heal you from right now. If that's you all over this place, say, that's me, that's me, that's me. Come on, come on, lift your hand. I want to see it all over this room. Come on, right over here and right there and right there. Come on, areas of brokenness. God wants to restore. He wants to bring healing. Come on, he wants to do it in your life. He's the great healer. He's the great physician. It's okay to be broken, but we don't have to stay that way. Come on, we, we have a great healer in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you, Lord. You see every part of us. Lord, the things that we try to hide, the things we try to shield others from, Lord, you know they're there. And, we know, and, and Lord, the worst than that, the enemy knows they're there. And the enemy tries to use those things, use our past, use our, our, our past experiences. He tries to use that as a foothold into our life. And Lord, what we're going to do right now is we're going to build up our defenses. We're going to call upon the great healer to restore what's been broken. He's a restorer. Come on, somebody. He's a restorer. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, to the depths of who we are, our soul, God, the dark areas, the deep areas of our lives. Lord, you see them and you bring healing, Lord. We release it. We release it to you in Jesus' name. Lord, help us to build up our defenses, Lord. Help us to build up our defenses to fight against the enemy in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray you help us to speak faith. Help us to speak faith. Sometimes it's hard to speak faith in, in, the, in the situation that we're in because everything looks hopeless. And so we speak according to what we're seeing. And that's not what we do. Faith is, is speaking what we're not seeing. We're speaking what God said. Lord, help us to say what you said and not what we see. Lord, help us to walk by faith and not by sight. Come on, how many right now you say, you know what, I'm gonna begin to speak some faith. I'm gonna speak some faith into my financial situation. I'm gonna speak some faith into my family. I, I know, I recognize that I I gotta speak a word of hope to the hopeless. Come on, right now. Lord, help me to speak faith. Come on, speak it out loud. Come on, let's pray. Lord, help me to speak faith right now in Jesus' name. Lord, give me a word of faith, Lord. Lord, what I'm seeing doesn't match what you're saying. Lord, help me to speak what you said. Lord, help me to speak faith. Help me speak what you said in Jesus' name. Lord, help us to recognize the voice of the enemy. And Lord, help us, Lord, to re release it to you. God, we thank you that you're the God of miracles. Come on. Can you just lift up our hands all over this room? Lord, we thank you that you're the God of miracles. And what, what seems impossible to us, what's impossible with man is possible with God. And so, Lord, we release it to you. We align, we align our battle with the word of God. Lord, we're going to speak the word of God. We, we, we align ourselves, our prayer, with the word of God. And, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name over our situation, you said that we're more than conquerors. You said that greater is he that's with us than he that's in the world, Lord God. You, you, you said that the rich are, uh, that, the, that the poor are rich. You said that the weak are strong. You said that your grace is sufficient for us. Lord, we're going to align our, our prayer with the word of God. We're going to speak it over our situation and we're going to let you do what only you can do. We know that all things work together for the good, for those who love God and are called according to your purpose. Lord, I love you. Come on, say it out loud. Lord, I love you. I love God. Lord, there's a calling on my life. And so in Jesus' today, I align my prayer with your word and I recognize as I stand my ground you'll give me the victory Lord you'll fight for me Lord Lord you'll fight on my behalf God so I trust you come on trust you I trust you in the middle of this in Jesus name in Jesus name thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord come on you you have the victory in Christ 
Come on, you have the victory in Christ. Come on, he's given you the victory. Aren't you grateful for that? We serve a God of the impossible. We, see a, we serve a victorious God. He's never been defeated. He's an undefeated champion, and he's our God. Aren't you grateful for that? Come on, the battle has already been won. Come on, you, we're fighting a battle that's already been won. Aren't you grateful for that? Come on, all over this place. Let's give the Lord some praise in this room. Amen, amen. Amen. Maybe you're here today, just want to, before we leave today, maybe you're here today, you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. We always like to provide an opportunity for you that if you don't know Christ, you, can, you don't have to leave here that way. You can have a personal relationship with God. God loves you so much. Maybe you're in this place and you say, you know what, I want to, I want to invite the Lord into my life. I've never done that before. I, I know my life, I, I'm trying to find meaning, I'm trying to find purpose. You find that in relationship with God because you were created to have a relationship with God. The only thing that's stopping that is sin. All of us have messed up, all of us have fallen short, we've all made mistakes. How many have made a mistake or two in your life? Come on, lift your hand up if you have, all right? The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short. And the Bible also says that the wages of that sin is death death, spiritual death, a separation, eternal separation from God. But here's the great news, is that Jesus, because he loves us so much, God loves us so much, the Bible says that he sent his son to give us everlasting life, to fix that brokenness in our lives, to, to, to fix the sin problem. So Jesus came and he offered himself up as a sacrifice, a payment for our sin. Because, because the wages of sin is death, so guess what Jesus did? He, he died. He died so that you and I could be forgiven, that our relationship with God could be restored once and for all. And all we have to do is, is, is admit that we're sinners, admit that we need a savior, and ask God to forgive us of our sins. And the Bible says when we do that, that, we, that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That when we, when we repent of our sins, that God is faithful and he's just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. So maybe you're here today, you say, I wanna give my life to Jesus. I wanna be forgiven of my sin. If that's you all over this room, I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to pray with you. If that's you, maybe lift your hand up all over this place. I'll see it and we'll pray together before we leave today. You can walk out of here totally free. You can walk out of here saved and set free. If that's you all over this room, in Jesus' name. Come on, lift your hand up. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Amen, amen. Lord, right now, we thank you for every person that's here, every, every born again, saved, set free, every person that's in this room. I pray, Lord, your favor would be upon them. Lord, that your blessing would be upon them. Lord, as we leave today, Lord, we don't leave the same way, but we leave with confidence. We leave full of faith that whatever life throws our way, whatever circumstances come our way, we know we can stand our ground that we can, we can be overcomers, that we can fight a battle and we can win. We can come out the other side victorious. And so, Lord, right now, I pray, give every person the victory. Give them the victory, the victory, every area of their life, Lord, where they're struggling and they're fighting, trying to make it. I pray, give them the victory. Let them be conquerors. Lord, let them feel, Lord, the presence of God in their life as they leave this room. We thank you for that this morning. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord one last clap offering before we go today. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. I want to just encourage you, man, leave this place. Leave this place and have a fantastic week. Know that you're, know that you're victorious. Amen. God bless you guys. Hang out in fellowship. We love you so much.